my kids are older though. They're I'm they're all waiting. double digits. I want to watch Home Alone. Like my kids can't uh, watch Home Alone. They can't watch Jurassic Park. All these like they like Sam. You shouldn't watch Jurassic Park. It's a terrible film. Oh no, mm. no. Listen, listen. You got a power source, and it's on the other side of an island. So you have to like reboot all your power by going all the way. In. It doesn't make any sense. See, this is the deal, though. All movies don't make sense. That's not true. That's not majority true. Majority of them. Any action film could have been ended with Krav Maga in the first five seconds. <laughs> like it doesn't make for uh, good shows. Not the Terminator. All Hallmark <laughs> movies need to have a shopping scene in order for it to be well rounded. You know, like there's just movies are movies and it's Hollywood. I get it. But I'm just saying Jurassic Park <laughs> made no sense. <laughs> You're listening to the Mother Effin Podcast with Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. It's the Mother Effin Podcast. I'm Patty. I'm Heather. And we're here talking again. It's awesome because we made it. Yay. <laughs> we showed up. Um, Patty, you have such a good set going on right now this curious george set and when i first oh, saw man. it i think i first saw it back in july yeah it's been in my brain for a little bit and it was not good, good. <laughs> it was it, it's probably one of your roughest sets that every time you talk about how much you wanted to do it i was like oh okay yeah it and i was like is it gonna come together and it would slow like little pieces would i'm like i just don't know if it's that so strong. heather i'm hearing it sucked <laughs> It, and now it doesn't. I'm just going to say blue chunks in July. It was okay in September. But now it is solid. It, it is a is. solid set. And it runs four minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. Which for where I am in comedy, I normally only get like five minute spots. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, you're striving to get a little bit more time, a yeah. little bit more time. But right now it's like a solid five. So the fact that I have to just do that seems so weird because it, goes so long there is a spot where i can cut it if i yeah. need to like so i can add something else in or do something but yeah but in, the, in july it was like it was so rambly it was very rambly there weren't yeah. there weren't setups and punch it was like these ideas that were yeah. quirky and funny and now it's a set yeah like it has a flow it has setups and punches you know where the jokes are mm-hmm. it all comes together it has it's so tight backs yeah it's I think what's Good. amazing about this five minute thing is when you first started cutting, you were so worried it was going to become such a small bit and actually like you've managed to expand it without getting wordy. Well, because in the beginning it was <laughs> all words and no jokes <laughs> and now it's all jokes and not nearly as many words yeah. and it's been fun talking about it because I basically just rant about kids shows being stupid and how... Mm-hmm. I don't know why we let kids watch TV, even though mine do all the time. Not because really. it's a babysitter, exactly. But it's—I think I learned a lot through it mm-hmm. of like how much, like Jerry Seinfeld in that show, Coffees and Cars with yeah. comedians or something, mm-hmm. whatever it's called. Um, he talked about that, like how it takes a good solid year mm-hmm. to really have a joke, yeah, be done, yeah, if it's ever done. Like, Dave would argue that it's never done. Yeah. Like, it changes constantly. And I think I get that now of mm-hmm. how this thought that I had while watching Curious George for the umpteenth time. Yeah. <laughs> like, what I, I took it and ran with all of my complaints about it and issues I had with it. and it became, But that's what it was in the beginning. Yeah. This rambling rant. 
And now it's this. And now it's jokes. Yeah. Like, no, it's great jokes. But it took, I mean, six months of performing at open mics and yeah. sitting down and putting it aside because mm-hmm. it wasn't the right time and then yeah. working on it and then getting help from other people and then performing at open mics yeah. and like, and now it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to do. It's always amazing when that kind of happens when you're like, oh, look, we made a thing or you made a thing. It's like almost, it, this is your version of pregnancy. <laughs> carry it for and then finally you birth it and you're like oh no i gotta keep working on it yeah it's not <laughs> over after you birth years. it you know you yeah to keep working on it and keep going on it and i've actually only performed it once on like an actual praying mm-hmm. the comedy of show. tau show the comedy of tau yeah. yeah um and it killed yeah but oh even i believe that it. one i was like oh i can cut here i can cut there i can do this and i, I worked on it again since then so i'm looking forward to to performing it again yeah but it's what's great is you actually haven't even tapped the layer of all the things you can continue to add into it like if you got into specific episodes oh yeah you i got, could use you, there's i was thinking of some of the episodes yeah. where he like builds a tree for a pigeon and i'm like what <laughs> like i would never let my kids like take my good scarf and like glue it to a tree limb like <laughs> who is this guy yeah. And then there's some like racial tones to it. Like there's oh, this sure. black kid in the country yeah. that calls Curious George a city kid. And I, it's like he kind of notes that the city kid is stupid. Oh. And I'm like, does he not know that he's a monkey? <laughs> like it's just weird. Like I don't know. It's it's interesting. That's funny. Like that's a dumb kid. That's a monkey. That's and it's not even a monkey. It's <laughs> an that ape. ape. <laughs> <laughs> See, you've already got such good stuff Yeah, there's, there. I can – I think you could do a full solid ten. I can have a Netflix special. Yeah, but all about then you Curious get sued George by the Curious George Estate. Probably, probably. <laughs> we're doing it. That's another reason why I like it so much is because it lands across so many generations. Yeah. You know, we all grew up like with we it either one way. read the books or the books were read to us mm-hmm. or we saw the like. My kids don't know their books. Like yeah. my kids only think of them as a TV show and the yeah. Halloween specials and stuff. Like, but you know, there were books and there's this whole so. It's not even just that. It's also. I mean, it's that, but it's also this idea of, like, kids' shows are stupid. Oh, completely. So it's tapping into all the things we hate about kids' shows. Oh, it's nice. They're so Did you ever watch Caillou? No, it's I refuse. That guy's voice is so annoying. Oh, it's the worst. And uh, PJ Mask? I mean, hello, Jackson was attached, uh, attached to that for a while. Yeah. I'm like, who lets their kids gallivant in the middle of this town? There's nobody there. And this stupid <laughs> school gets everything stolen from it. I'm like, it just needs security cameras. Yeah. I'm glad my kids like watching, uh, what is it, like Iron Chef and stuff and baking shows. Oh, no. I don't do that either. Because you then my, Oh, no. They start critiquing my cooking. Oh. <laughs> and there's like, there's not enough flavors. You need to layer the flavor, mom. Don't be afraid to use salt. I'm like, really? Come on. I'm just making chicken nuggets. Like, you don't oh, need to be so cruel. <laughs> no, I, no, we don't watch those anymore either. <laughs> We're done. We're done. Nothing but documentaries. Oh, we watched uh, one on Blue Planet, and I didn't know how much there would be of uh, orcas eating other small animals. <laughs> and it was the one where it's like, and the orcas now push the baby hump back down to separate it from the mother and drown it. And the kids are like, what? <laughs> and I was, and you can't stop. That's the life cycle. But you're like, do I stop it? And you're like, no, I can't stop it because this is reality. This is real life. Like, it just was one of those things where like, oh my God. 
and they were in tears. And I was like, this is triggering them on probably so many levels. But I don't, <laughs> I'm just going to say like, it just was scary. You know? see, that's the weird yeah. thing is that you never know what's going to trigger no. them. Like at all. No. Because the ones I think are going to be triggering, like, what's the one? That Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, yeah. there's a whole social worker that's trying to say the dog shouldn't be a, yeah. a parent. I'm like, that has to be triggering. They're in foster care. Yeah. Come on. And nothing. No. Nothing at all. We watched some movie about White Fang and the mom leaves. All of all us of are it, falling oh. on the floor. And then 30 minutes later... He leaves someone else and she and and Sandy's like, this is just sad. <laughs> I'm like, we're all crying. Like it's just you never know what's yeah. gonna trigger them. Like so, like something like that, real life. Um yeah. you're like, like oh, the is mom this gonna... being taken yeah. away. Yeah. And then the the baby being eaten. And then they what got them really upset. Well, Anna's a little morbid, but she's like, they didn't even throw the whole body because they, they only eat parts of it. And then like it falls to the ground, and then they do this whole thing about how the other microorganisms yeah. like to devour it. And she's like, they didn't even all of it. They wasted it. <laughs> That's the Mexican Herbie. Yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, yeah. It's it's always, I will say like the good dinosaur. Uh, I never that picks it. Up, don't. Okay, that cool. one was super upsetting to the kids. Not like they've cried at movies. Like the, we saw Home and they love watching Home. They've watched it over and over again. They've watched the the, the TV series. But when she's looking for the mom and she's like running and she's screaming, mom, mom, and she starts crying because she can't find the mom, they started crying. Yeah. And they were a little somber, but they liked it and they could watch it again because they found them. It had a happy ending. Good dinosaur. Spoiler alert. Skip past this. The dad dies because the, the dinosaur son tries to go and prove himself and the dad has to save him. So it ends up killing the dad. <gasps> right? And then he finds Spot, the little human, right? Okay. And uh, they're like, we're a family now. Like this whole thing. You're like, oh, it's kind of sweet. Like he's adopted this little human, right? And then at the end, these other humans with different colored hair show up. And he's like, go Spot, go with them. They're your kind. And he gets rid of the human. And the kids are like, I thought they were a family, mom. Are you going to give us away if we find others who look oh. like them? And, and I was like, this is the worst film ever. <laughs> What a terrible – I there are some Pixar films that are just like Good Dinosaur is banned and Up is banned. I will not watch Up I, with them. And it's because – remember she has like the miscarriage in that opening sequence? Is it a miscarriage or she found out she can't have kids? I always thought it was like she was expecting and then she has a miscarriage. Oh, I always thought it was – Oh, whatever it is. Let's be real. I only watched it once and now yeah. whenever the girls ask for it, I always leave the room because I'm going to cry within the first oh. five seconds. Well, here's my thing. She gets to that point, right? And I'm like, so why didn't they adopt? Like, if you wanted kids, if that was such a big focus of your life, is this next journey of having children, you should have adopted. And I'm just done at that point. I like, see that. well, he did at the end with the little, like, she didn't. She didn't get to experience it. What a selfish man. <laughs> so, like, the whole thing just becomes, like, anti-up. Wow, you really took that, like, a whole other direction. Did not like it. So I won't watch Up, and I won't watch The Good Dinosaur. But Coco, why not? Uh, Coco. <laughs> we'll watch Another blog for time. Coco. Oh, I love that. We're in the beginning episodes and we've yeah. already plugged Coco like four times. Oh, if Pixar would like to, well, they won't support me because I don't support the other two. It's funny. It's funny to see what the kids will respond to and what they hate and what they like. They're really bothered by Adventure Time. I don't know um, either. It's, just, it's a like post-apocalyptic show, but it's kind of cute and silly and funny. But they're very bothered by some of the tones of it. The, people feel very lonely in that show. There's no real families. Mm -hmm. 
And so it kind of bothers them. And they gravitate towards, you know, they loved Barbie Life in the Dream House, which I'm going to tell you is a good show. What? It is I like banned Barbie in our house. Oh my gosh. All woman lived like. Oh, whatever. I love Barbie. They, uh, it's the funniest show because it's so in on itself. Like it's so in on the joke of like their toys. Like we sat there once and like binged watched the entire season. Like this is a really smart, well-written show. And it was the point. I would not expect that. Oh my gosh. I was in kind of in hysterics. They do this one where they do like like a reality show where they're kind of like Survivor where they're doing like cross country. But it's like, here's the, uh, you know, the shrine of plastic parts that go missing. And it's like this, all these little accessories that you would lose immediately. Like weird stuff like that where it's very like uh, Ken builds the closet and the closet like calls Ken father, like father. And it's so, <laughs> it's all these weird little things that like are really written for adults in there. And I, I'm highly impressed by how. Really? Yeah, I love that show. I have to admit, Barbie's Life in Dream House is, is a pretty funny I show. I would never even, I'm like, no. That no, show, that's weird. No. I'm just telling you, that shows, even the mean girls in it are not that mean. See, and, and I don't like the brat. Like, I used to do no, Little's Pet like, Shop, and then the twins in there were bratty. I'm like, no. And, I would, I, and like lots of other shows like that are, that tween shows yeah. show parents in such a negative light. I'm like, no. I, yeah, and I hate all oh. of the, the ones that they would like, like the Transformers and like the Lego movies, they're so choppy and edited yeah. that it messes with their brains. So I'm like, no. So I'm like, you got Clifford. <laughs> and right now we're doing animals with cameras. On their head. Oh, like how the, cute. It's like, <laughs> and it's funny because Lexi's like, not again. But then she sits there the whole time and like watch watches it. and then tells you about it later. I'm like, I was there. I know. You don't need to tell me about what happened to the cheetah. Yeah. I was there. They like Pokemon, which is fine. That's a fine show. No, it's a crazy. I, that's a no. But it's, um, you know, it's finished. Right now they're on a once. They're, my kids are older though. They're, I'm they're all waiting. double digits. I want to watch Home Alone. Like my kids can't Ugh. watch Home Alone. They can't watch Jurassic Park. All these like they like Sam. You shouldn't watch Jurassic Park. It's a terrible film. Oh no, mm. no! Listen, listen. You got Jeez. a power source, and it's on the other side of an island. So you have to like reboot all your power by going all the way. In. It doesn't make any sense. See, this is the deal, though. All movies don't make sense. That's not true. That's not majority true at all. of them. Any action film could have been ended with Krav Maga in the first five seconds. <laughs> like, it doesn't make for uh, good shows. Not the Terminator. All Hallmark <laughs> movies need to have a shopping scene in order for it to be well-rounded. You know, like, there's just movies are movies and it's Hollywood. I get it. But I'm just saying Jurassic Park <laughs> made no sense. <laughs> Neither is a man in the yellow hats. Which is why you had such a comedy off of it. All right. So... Yeah. I'm just going to jump in. Okay. What's your kids' stories? Well, um, I don't remember if I said this. I hate babies. Like, I really <laughs> just don't like babies. So I was like, I'm going to be smart when I adopt. And we're going to adopt a little older. All right. So three to five was our range. We wanted three to five, two kids, ages three to five. And we also marked, if you remember from a prior episode, we marked certain things that we didn't want on the, the list. We actually accepted FASD. We said yes to that, which is why my rule is now... FASD sucks. Don't... Well, but here's my theory. If you say no, you're going to get it. Crap. That's so true. So, because I said okay to that's it. That's the thing with foster care is that yeah. you, you fill out this profile and it means nothing. No. The only thing that could possibly be accurate is their age. Like... No. Mine no, were... No, mine were... Mine were all outside of the I range. I have a friend who's the widest... Ferris, blonde hair, yeah. blue-eyed kid was marked black. 
it's like, wait, what? I know. Like you just, you don't know. No. You don't know. You don't know. I like, think it's that a profile to make the foster parents feel good, feel good. <laughs> but in reality, you're gonna get what you're gonna get. Yeah, and you don't get upset. Yeah, like I tell the girls. I know, so it was a little, you watch Daniel Tiger too. <laughs> so we adopted them, and we very specifically, in terms of abuse, marked and people. You have to understand. I'm gonna get vague at points because this is their story. So there are certain details I just can't reveal, but I can say some things, which is we marked sexual abuse, no sexual abuse. We didn't want that. And we actually rejected two sets of kids that, not that we'd been matched with, but were presented, that we had actually put in a request for, and then it came back with, like, these kids have sexual abuse. And I said, no, I don't want that. And you just felt like you couldn't handle it. I couldn't it handle it. Like you. Because I knew that trauma is so severe and so deep and lasting and changes the personality so greatly that I was like, I don't feel I can deal with that what it does to them and how it makes them honestly sexual predators often in themselves because they their their minds are so twisted about what it is that I said I just don't want to put this at risk I don't want to deal with that um so we got our kids and we were told there was just neglect that was it just neglect <laughs> so you were happy your kids were only neglected they were only neglected <laughs> conversation and okay there were things that weren't right there were things that that I noticed right off that just didn't seem right. Like they they would walk around constantly topless. And when they would get like, rapper, like, no, don't do that. Or like, we've got to do this. Like if you reprimanded them a little bit, nothing big. But if they felt that you were going to get mad, they would begin to start twisting their nipples. Very painfully looking. Like not little, like very hard looking. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right. I would agree. And then that um, is not normal. Yeah. And so like with the little one and even with my son, when they would get really upset, they would begin to touch their privates in a very aggressive manner uh, and not just their, their, up, their lower privates that way. And I'm like, that seems wrong. <laughs> like that doesn't seem like what normal kids do. And I did ask a friend about it who's a, a teacher to some kids around this age. She said, well, kids will explore. And I said, yeah, but it's out of anger. It's when they're they're afraid or they're angry or something that they start doing it. And at six months, Anna had this huge meltdown in the car where she started like grabbing her sister by the head and just like slapping her around. Like, and Anna's the youngest um, to Bella. And finally we're in the car. I'm like, what is going on? Like the, everybody went in the house and I was in the car alone with Anna. And I was like, what is it? And then all of a sudden, Anna just started to unleash. And she had been in foster care at this point for two years. And because they were in another foster care. They were in another family, home. A yes, home, like a family. Us. And so, not like a group home. No, no, no. A foster like home. Like a foster home. All three. And we were together. so lucky because all three were together. That's what they told us. You're so lucky. And it just started to pour out everything about what had happened. Did she realize? Like, does she say it out of relief of like, or does she was just talking and not even knowing what she's saying? It was out of relief. And when we talked to therapists afterwards, they said it's because she finally felt safe. She finally felt safe that she could trust you. And so I went in and I was like very taken aback, just in shock. So she just started unleashing story <clears throat> after story after story of it what was, was happening. Two stories, the first ones, but it was okay. enough for me. And it was an event okay. that had happened to her and an event she had witnessed happening to her sister. Okay. And then we got them, we immediately at that point, and Anna had also been expressing things like she wanted to kill herself. And she's six. 
And she would have these tantrums where she would then start to talk in third person. And she's like, they really don't like you. They don't love you here. They don't want you. You should kill yourself. No. And she's sick saying this. So we had already put in um, a, like an emergency therapy and she was going to start. And like right before she started, it was like, by the way, she just revealed this. And so because of that, we were able to piggyback the other two into therapy immediately. Because, you know, the wait list can be very long. It can take yeah. forever to get in. So we got all three of them in. And that's when it just started all started coming out. And that was fairly soon. Like it was within nine yeah. months of being with you that they started therapy. Yeah. If I could go back and do it, I would have put them in therapy immediately. But yeah, but we didn't know. And we were, probably, and, probably would have said no. And they told uh, us it was me. just neglect. <laughs> you know that, and that's the other thing. Like I can deal with just neglect. I can show them they're going to be fed. I can show them we're going to. But they actually say that neglect actually is harder yeah. to overcome than physical abuse. Probably in some ways, uh, your brain gets wired. Yeah, I mean, definitely is with Bella. You can see Both the, negative attention is better than yeah. positive attention. So no attention is the worst. And I, I know you always talk about stupid. this invisible disability with FASD. But I truly believe with abuse, that's and, – and the way that we now know the brains get rewired in oh, childhood. Oh, it definitely is. Like if you look at my kids, they all present amazingly well. You would think they're fine. But then if you're behind closed doors, you see the meltdowns. You see like the fact that my eldest daughter has an IEP and can't mentally seem to advance beyond like fourth grade. It's because she's stuck and she's emotionally – And, and she know. can't grow until she heals from that yeah. stuff. And she doesn't want to heal. So it's, it's, well, she doesn't want to address it to heal. Uh, I mean, it's hard. Like it's it hard is. just to. To get through it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a teacher at the girls school once said something like, you know, for where their start was, they're doing really great. But you don't know yeah. where they start. You just see where they are. And so yeah. there's so much, I don't want to say judgment, but like there's so, it's so easy to be like, why aren't they doing this? Why isn't this? This isn't this. And it's like, no. But if you realize where they've come from, they've come so far. Yeah. Like you got to. It is an invisible disability because you don't see it as. No. I know you don't mark it as like, oh, they have cerebral palsy or they are in a wheelchair or they have Down syndrome or that, you know, it's like instead it's all this hidden stuff. Yeah. And honestly, sometimes with that judgment, it feels like people think, well, this is just one of those crazy helicopter moms that's always hovering. And it's like, no, I just know certain things I know. And I'm not going to tell you my kid's life story. So you just have to trust me when I say this can't happen. Or this needs to happen instead. And it's such a fine line of who to tell so that they can get the help and the scaffolding. They need. And they need. And honestly, the compassion and the empathy and the patience and the grace for it all and who not because it is their story. Like even with the girls, it's like it's – I mean, hello. Everyone knows we're adopted because we're black and white. But at the same time, like people don't need to know certain things. So it's like it's their story. But at the same time, you want to tell – the people that I want them to, to put a sign and be like, they're adopted and have problems. Just accept it. <laughs> we have issues. We're working through them. I know. Please I be that? patient. Is that wrong? So yeah, it just, it was so hard. And that's why I say I can't cry anymore about it because I cried multiple times a day, all the time. The moment I found out through like the first two years of them being there. So and do you think you can't cry about it because- I'm numb. I think I'm numb. I think I've I've gotten numb to it. Like not in a bad way, though maybe in a bad way. I feel like what I mean by numb is now it's like, okay, I understand what's going on. Like I'm very pragmatic about it now. Like first it was very emotional. Like my poor children, why? Because you love them. And at six months, you're told, I mean, here's the thing. If they had known before they had been matched with us, all of this stuff, they never would have been matched as a set. Because and, – and the way that it was explained to me by like a supervisor was the abuse that these three experienced in their foster home before us 
and in their birth home was so was like the worst case that she'd ever heard in her 25 years of doing her job. <sighs> and you're like, hey, we're the best. You know? <laughs> you're you're amazing. amazing. You're amazing. So it's just one of those things of going, so my kids went from a birth home of severe abuse to a foster home of severe abuse. I just want to punch people. Yeah. Um, and I've but asked, they would have separated them because it would oh, have been yeah. healthier for them to be, to separated be separated and be able to start afresh yes. deal with their, what they need to do. Because unfortunately, the abuse didn't stop inside our home amongst each other. Because that's all they knew. That's all. Yeah, it was their comfort. So if they had it's, known oh, that, they would have... They're comfortable. That's sickening. Yeah, they're comfortable yeah. in abuse. Like yeah. that's so sad that they are comfortable in yeah. abuse and they're not comfortable in calm or love. No. Like it's so crazy to think that, that someone cannot be feel comfortable being loved. Yeah. And it's and that's uncomfortable to them. It is. It is. And it's it's so weird. And so how do you love them then? Like Anna would not like I found out a lot of the abuse happened in the shower or in a bathtub. So we had to bathe her fully clothed for a very long time until she finally was like, I don't want to be then it became like just in her underwear. And then it became all right. You built the scaffold yeah. so you could take it down. Yeah. And she's like, can you all bathe nude, but can you stay in the bathroom with me? because I'm afraid. Even though she wasn't afraid of her dad or anybody else, she was afraid that somehow the person who did it to her would come back and somehow manage to get she in She needed you to be safe, to keep her yes. safe. Yes, and then it became, can I just shower with the bathroom door open? So we are now at a point where four years later, she's finally this year started to shower in the bathroom with the door closed. But it's four years of getting to this point. And that's the thing, it's like, she looks fine. You don't get how much work is involved in this and how slow it's going to be. Yeah. Seven-year-olds just take charge of themselves now. You know, like there was this whole process to get her just to do something that's a normal task. Yeah. And it's it's like, I dread it. We're going to the dentist soon. And they're going to be like, mom, their teeth are like, look. I was like, look, I understand that you've got a lot of plaque. I'm trying my best here. Yeah. Um, but you have to pick your battles. You and do. when you're dealing with this kind of severe trauma, your yeah. teeth are the worst of your your yeah. worries. Yeah. You can get dentures when you're 40. Yeah. I'm like, it's fine. You're fine. You're fine. They've like, got implants now. It's fine. Exactly. <laughs> like like you're, you're fine. We'll spend a couple thousand dollars. You're good. Yeah. Let's figure out how to you to have a healthy relationship with yeah. your siblings, with the family, with the outside world. Yeah. So we didn't want that and we got it. And we got a whole lot more trauma. Uh, there's one story that we tell that's okay to tell. My son told us this crazy story about being in a van and gave us a lot of details and being with his uncle when his uncle murdered somebody and watching him kill somebody with a gun. Oh, my God. And I was like, you watched a movie. <laughs> this is not real. And for whatever reason, one day I had a compulsion to go online and do a search. And I found a transcript from the trial Everything he said, word for word, word for word. And I went, okay, these kids obviously are are deep. It's deeply rooted in. I was like, but he was two. And I remember talking to the therapist. She's like, sure, he was two and he's nine now, but that's only seven years for him. And if this was a severely traumatic event, yeah, he's going to remember it really well. He's going to remember it. And as he grows older, he's going to be a little bit more words to it. Yeah. I remember asking a lot of people in the beginning, do you think what they're saying is true? Not because I wanted my children to be liars, but because I was too afraid to have to deal with the reality. Like yeah. I would rather my kids be lying to me about all this stuff and be like, well, now we have to deal with liars for kids. We can deal with lying. Yeah, well, I'll deal with Every that. child lies. Yeah, but it was this thing of like, I didn't want it to be true. And I would rather deal with it not being true and, and having that consequence. 
But I remember these police officers who had pulled them out to interview them said, it's not possible. Uh, they said their their stories are too aligned. They're too accurate. And for their age, they're oh, not, not capable. it's not possible for them to be lying. No, it's not possible. Yeah. It's not possible for them to be lying because they're There's too... There's too many similarities in the story. They were too on the nose. They're like, kids can't work out these details like that. Like, they're, they're, they're not smart. Until My like, kids are hey. horrible liars. Yeah. I oh. don't know who took that. Oh, I know. It, Mine are as well. Who ate it? Must have been brother. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's why you have chocolate on your face? <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where like... So Anna, we got at six and she's had a lot more success in the changes. But like this year, for example, she had a teacher who used the word hoo-ha as meaning like stuff. But Anna knows that word as the word her mom would use before she abused her privates. So Anna melted down. Like we always had a, a transition. School's always a hard transition. We always tell the teachers, give her a couple weeks. It's going to take time for her to get into the groove of it. We're in month three. So like <laughs> but she wasn't adapting like she would. She wasn't adapting. It wasn't happening. I'm like, what's going you're on? Seeing, you're in tune with her and you're realizing yeah. like there's something bigger than here. And we went to the class. Which is weird because I don't think anyone uses hoo-ha as things. Yeah, but she did. And I get it. I get the teacher was not, didn't mean it that way. I will accept I know. That. I'm just like, yeah. that's just a weird thing to me. It <laughs> I'm is. like, what? And so we were in the room and we went to go see the teacher, like be there, like Anna, come on, show us like where all your assignments are. And the teacher was a little severe for Anna. Like I could see this was not going to match. Like Anna it was not a good gonna, personality yeah. fit. And luckily we had a principal who got it and who was like, Thank and, and that's her teacher. If Anna was older and a little bit more capable of understanding things would have been an excellent teacher. Cause this teacher was organized. She was all about process and things that I love. And I was like that. But she wasn't emotionally healed for her. She wasn't. So it was just, Anna wasn't in the right place. And now she's in a teacher who I guess was the previous fourth grade teacher. So she's a little more cuddly, a little more mm -hmm. warm. And Anna needs that. So once we switched classes, she was a lot better. And Tony had the, the dramatic change initially. He was our son and we adopted him. Well, we got him when he was eight. And I asked him once, I said, why, why are you so different? And he goes, well, you know how when I spill, you're like, go clean it up. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, that's what you're supposed to do. He goes, well, yeah, well, one time I spilled my stepdad's Gatorade and he broke my leg. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I guess if you're going from a place – where you're being abused for the smallest thing and you're in a place now where all I'm going to do is go, clean it. You're going to be you're like, my life's your voice and they'll be like, clean it. You're like, this yeah. is amazing. Yeah. This is Disneyland. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, it's fine. And I remember you couldn't touch him anywhere in his head or upper body when we first got him. You couldn't put your hand on his shoulder. He would like flinch and like he would often run to a corner and like curl into a ball because he like, I guess he would get grabbed by his head and by his neck and his shoulders when he was younger. And now he's like, mom, scratch my back. And it's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Did I tell you? He got out of the car the other day. And he's like, I love you, mom, in front of his friends. And I was like, oh, he did it unprompted. <laughs> play it cool. Play it cool. I know. Like, I know. Like, <laughs> love you, too. Mm, have a good day. Make good life choices. Mm. But I was like, oh, my gosh. He said he loved me. Yeah. So uh, he still has some temper issues. He's still in therapy. I'm hoping he can wrap up by the end of this year. Anna wraps up her trauma therapy and hopefully therapy for a while um, this month in November. And my hope is that Tony will finish in June and he'll be done. Bella quit, just didn't want to do therapy anymore. We did it for a long time. Didn't seem to be doing anything. She's got a lot of issues. She was the oldest. And so here's my cake analogy. It's actually Bobby, my husband, came up with. So when you get a kid from foster care, they're like a cake, right? Bella was done. Like she had been mixed. Her We don't know what ingredients were in there. We don't know how long she was in the oven. 
she came out and they were like, here's your cake, put some icing on it. Yeah. So all we can do is ice it and try to make it as nice as we can by adding things to it. Tony was in the oven. Still didn't able to put the ingredients together, but we could pull them out in time and make sure he was baked just right. Yeah. And add things. Anna, all of her ingredients were there or she was all mixed together, but we could still add stuff to help the flavor, get it going, put it in the oven and bake it just right and get it out. So as we like to say, Bella was fully baked in more ways than one, probably. <laughs> and Bella has the deepest attachment to the birth mom. She's very upset that the other two will, and I don't know if it's necessarily healthy. I think it's just where they are right now. The other two refuse to really acknowledge birth mom as being their mom. Bella said something the other day about like I was having two moms and Anna was like, we have one mom. She's our mom. And she pointed to me. And Bella's like our birth mom. And Anna's like, she doesn't count. And they- There's so much anger. There is. There's a lot. And so I don't, I go, Anna, she is your birth mom. We have to remember that, you know, and try to, but it's also the therapists were like, look, if that's how they feel, yeah, you validate it. You got to validate it at a certain point, you know? Don't let her go on a rampage about it. But if she's comfortably decided, I don't need to have that association anymore. That's fine. That's it. I mean, Anna will say things like, I often forget I didn't come from you. Like, I feel like I've always so just sweet. been with you. It is sweet. It's very sweet. And we have a very good bond. And Tony's getting there. And you can see, like, he's very comfortable. But Bella just, she doesn't know her place in this world and in this house Well, we had talked family. before once about how her identity yeah. was taken away a lot. It was. She was parentified. And once new parents came in and that was pulled from her. And parents that actually are parenting, yeah. are loving, are putting yeah. the boundaries in a nice way, are... Not I'm always just, nice, but <laughs> nicer know. than breaking your leg. Yes, that's so, true. <laughs> so, um, you know, like that's a lot yeah. for someone to to have to redo. I mean, you see it across the board. Um, she was diagnosed pre-bulimic. Didn't know that was possible, but yes, it is. She will eat herself full of food until she vomits. Um, and she doesn't know her limit. So we try to do things because unfortunately, I found out your child shouldn't gain 35 pounds in a year. <laughs> it's not, not the best. So there was a little bit like, not that she's fat because she's not. She's still in the normal. If you even want to go with BMI, she's still in the normal weight range. Mm -hmm. But it, there was a, you know, a little bit of concern because it was so rapid. So it was a little bit like maybe talk to her about, you know, making good choices. Like, you know, if you get this, you can substitute it with this and, you know, model it. Which is one of the reasons we're doing a vegan diet a little bit to show more modeling of eating better food. Meat is good though. It is good. They still eat meat. They're fine. I'm not denying them that. They need it, the proteins to grow. Well, just we've noticed this, and she still hides food. She still smuggles it in and out, you know, and overeats. Um, it's basically her idea of gaining control has been with food. Yeah. That's the only thing she can control. That and, and that handwriting. helps with, with handwriting? Oh, yeah. The IEP full told us this. Kids who often struggle academically have the best handwriting because it hides. They think it's hiding the fact that they're not doing well. Once again, my kids are unique. They have crappy handwriting <laughs> and struggle academically. So um, that's it's, it's what you have control over. Yeah. It's like I can't add these numbers that you want me to add, but I can make the best number possible yes. even if it's wrong. They look beautiful. I don't know how to spell that word, but these letters will be perfectly aligned. Yeah. That's really intriguing. Yeah. And the whole bulimic thing is like, it's control. Yeah. Like her whole world was crappy to get go, yeah. but it was what she knew. Yeah. And then she got yanked and pulled from it mm -hmm. to a, to another world. That was crappy. And that was mine. crappy and crap. And then I was, I was going to say to you guys oh. who, although is loving, is uncomfortable because love is uncomfortable to yes. her. And then her identity got shaken mm -hmm. because she was supposed to be the one 
taking care of her brother and sister. But then she also did that crappy or feels like she did that crappy because they were abused. Like this poor little girl has so much in her head. And, and working through it all. I will say. Like, I would control with food and handwriting too. <laughs> like, like if you, when you look at the psych reports of her and she appears to be unemotional about things, or, but she just won't let herself feel. That sounds oddly familiar. Listen, so. I cry. I cry on time. <laughs> Every, on cue when you go into the restroom to like. When I want to go, when I want to cry, I do cry. But it's, no, she'll cry. She cries often with like their fake little crocodile tears. I'm <laughs> like. And there's just things like there's things in place that she seems she's very upset about. Like there's a party at school. I don't know if there's a party at school. There may have been. There may not have been. She's like, oh, she tells me five minutes before she has to leave the house. I need to bring a lot of snacks to school today. And I'm like, mm, it's not going to happen. Two reasons. One, you're telling me five minutes before we leave the house. Two, you know that anytime you need to bring extra food to school, you need to bring me a written letter from the teacher. or The teacher needs to communicate with me in some way. Right. Because we've had too many instances where she takes stuff to school because supposedly she needs it, and then, and then she just eats it. Right. Like, she'll eat an entire just bag boundaries. of candy. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, well, how am I supposed to get her to email you? I'm like, well, you found out yesterday, right? Yes. Well, then you should have gone up after class please and email said, my mom. email my mom or write me a note saying we're having a little party. Can you please send some snacks? Which I don't believe still because her school's very much about like the no snack pot, like sharing and at birthdays, we'll do. They do appreciation circles too. <laughs> like it's not. I really love it though. It's so yeah. cute watching first graders love yeah. each other. You're nice. <laughs> You're a great friend. You're a great friend. You're nice. Like they just go around yeah. the circle repeating what so everyone cute. else says. But I mean, that's the, that's the challenge. And and unfortunately, she lies constantly. She steals, which is always embarrassing. But she steals. Another one of those like failures that you feel like. <sighs> yeah. I was like, like I guess it has nothing to do with your parents. Yeah. It's not like. You're helping her. Yeah. Still has nothing to do with your parenting. It's just yeah. what she's seen and what she knew and what. And she definitely impulse. tries to manipulate and sneak around. And so what do you want for Bella? <sighs> I want her to be happy with herself. They did a, a Rorschach test for kids called Treehouse Person. And it's it's amazing. Do research. We'll talk about it in detail some other day because I can go on forever about how amazing this test What's is. What's it called? Treehouse Person. But okay. it's, it's interesting. They asked them to draw either on the same page or different pages, like a tree and then a house and then a person. And they've done this test with thousands of kids and they have found consistencies across like a healthy, normal child basically and a child with trauma. So when she drew her person, her person had empty eyes and it wasn't a full body. It was just a head. And like there's this whole thing, like if the eyes aren't filled in, it means that they can't look inward, which is very true. So Bella likes to put on a persona that she has this great, like she loves herself. She has so much self-confidence, but it's all a facade. It's a total facade because she doesn't know who she is and she's scared and lost and she doesn't trust the world and she doesn't trust anyone in the world. And the only thing she knows is to seek out male attention for validation because that's what she saw her mom do. And her mom felt really good when her mom got validated by men. So that's what she learned. I just want Bella to learn that She's a valuable human being as she is. And she is beautiful and she doesn't have to worry about trying to be more beautiful or if another man thinks it. She's beautiful. And that's actually one of my fears is she's a gorgeous girl. You know, I couldn't produce something so pretty. She's very pretty. And boys find her attractive. And men, her body is that of a woman. It's not of a 13-year-old girl. She's womanly. Mm -hmm. And I'm just terrified that she can't make these right choices to understand her value. And I get it. College isn't going to be for her. That's fine. 
She loves nails. Go become a nail technician. Nail technicians, if they're really good, can make tons of money every year. There's no shame in that, you know? Yeah. But she just wants to have some I want work. her to – yeah. I, I always find it so troubling that when you ask her what she likes, she says, I don't know. And you can't get her to answer. Or Heather, she'll answer what she – Do you have your own self-worth though? Are you – Oh, I have terrible self. But I have things that I like. Like here's the thing. I have like the best, worst self-confidence in the world. Like I'm like, I know I'm going to go on that comedy stage and I'm going to rock it. I know my jokes are solid. I know I've done all this. Da, 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 da. Do I think I'm pretty? No. And I've always said that. Like I don't find myself attractive even when I was at my maybe most attractive. And that's probably the lowest part. But about my brain, I have a super ego. Like I'm like, I'm smart. Okay. I am very smart. I did two years of advanced calculus in high school. I'm super smart. So <laughs> all the Asians going out right I know, now. right? Um, Are you so, comfortable being Heather? Yeah. I just wish I wasn't so fat. Hence the vegan diet. It's just stupid because you should eat meat. Okay. It's just, it's just for 28 days. But yeah, like that's the only thing that bothers me is my weight. But I know my weight is related to like my issues with my mom. Because <laughs> like eating is my only form of control. So I get it. I get it, Bella. I totally get the want to You guys like, are overeat. a lot alike. Like a lot alike. I, I always thought that. But then I realized that's a very superficial look because I was always very determined and very goal-oriented and very – like I could make good decisions from a young age. I was very intelligent in that sense. She, I think, knows she's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so I think she plays upon that. But I think in all the other areas, it's not. And Well, even a mirror image yeah. has likeness to it. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yes. There is – the same. Yeah. It's the same, but you have different, it comes out differently. I mean, I had to tell her, I love, I do love this girl. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so passionate about her and her well-being and her future if I didn't love her. No, oh, you do love her. I love her very much, but I don't have a closeness with her. And I think that's a very honest statement. I don't have a mother-daughter bond that I wish we could have had. And it's very strange. At the beginning, she was the one I was most attached to first. Like she would come sleep next to me on the couch. She would always want to be by my side. And then once she got comfortable and then all the stuff started to come out, she started to turn. She got scared. She did. And she put up the wall. And I've been fight, trying to fight through that wall as much as I can. And just it just gets built higher and higher. And so it's one of these things where now I go, all right, she has become fixated on her birth mom, reuniting with the birth mom. Mm -hmm. So I have two choices, you know, you, do you fight against it or do you go with it? So I'm like, great. What do you want? You want to go grow up and take care of your birth mom, give her all the things that you think she should have. That's a valid want in life. That's a very honorable want to help clean her up, get her off of drugs, get her off the street. Yeah. Great. How are you going to do that if you work at In-N-Out? That's where she wants to work is In-N-Out. And I'm like, that's a great they high school job. Fries. That's a great high school. I'm getting my secondary education, you know, job. Yeah. But that's not a, a career. So you've got to think about what kind of career you're going to have so you can afford to take care of you and her. Like there are certain things you have to do. How does that make you feel though? Like knowing that there's I'm, that wall that you try to go through. Mm -hmm. Bella won't let you go through. No. You've got it with the other two. It's always. And been, you being like perfectionist of like got to. Like how are you feeling about that? It's so disappointing because that's where the failure feels in. Like why didn't I get this? this third one. And I've had family psychologists go, she's, she was baked basically. She came done. Her foundation was set. You can't change her and change like you can the others. You can't mold her. She was, that's it. Like her core beliefs are done. What do you, okay. So last question. Yeah. What do you want for you and Bella's relationship? I like just you want and her... Tony are solid. He said, I love you in front of his friends, know, man. Like right? that's teenage. I mean, that's as high as it's going to get. Yeah. 
And then, you know, Anna is. I just want, I want her to trust me to know that if she makes a mistake, I may not be happy with it, but I'm going to always try to do the right thing for her. Just trust that the things that I'm doing are always for the betterment of you. That's hard for all kids. It is. Neurotypical trauma, mm-hmm. disability, like that's hard. Yeah. It's hard for me to trust Chris in that yeah. as an adult of like knowing that I'm doing this because I love you and yeah. these boundaries I'm setting and these things that I want you to do and want to accomplish is because I want the best for you. I just, right now, if she continues, if she were to not change at all and continue on the path that she's on, she's going to have a very hard life and a very hard future. And I would just want her to know she has a safe place to return hmm. in case things got bad. So you, you want your relationship to be strong enough where she trusts that, that regardless, be, yeah. your love's unconditional, never stopping, never ending, yeah. never giving up what kind of love. Yes. And that she's always got a home that she can come back to. She's always got a place that she can go and people that are going to try to protect her or do the best for her and meet her needs. You and Bobby being yeah. number one. Yes, but I have to believe that we can change things before that. And I have to believe that something's going to come through and, and click. That's why I don't worry too much about saying all this stuff like, okay, you want to take care of your birth mom? Great. This is what the steps you got to take. Because I honestly think that the more she experiences life, the more reality is going to set in that maybe that's not the best choice for me. I want her to make that choice though. I want her to get to a point where she can make good choices which I scream at her every day. She gets out of the car. Make good life choices. I mean, all that. I mean, I think every mother wants, I I think every parent wants their kid to be happy. But in the end, that happiness isn't like giggles and sunshine. It's like, it's it's self-worth. It's just so hard right now. Trust and love. I mean, she's such a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Listen. Listen, she's You'll hear about this a whole lot. I'm assuming. I'm just, we're going to end with this. podcast is going to be. I love this girl. This girl can be, this girl could change the world if she wanted to. Like she's got that much of a magnetic energy about her. People gravitate towards her. I mean, she's, she could do amazing things, but man, she can be such a bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, and I know this is so terrible to say about your kid and people may get mad and upset, but I'm not saying it to her. I'm saying it to all of you out there. <laughs> I'm like, I had to tell her the other day, I'm like, Bella, I just can't have a conversation with you because right now, everything I'm saying, you're countering. Like, you're not listening. You're just countering and telling me how I'm wrong. No, I'm not. I'm like, right there, (laughs) right there. You need to cut it out and just, you either want to have a back and forth, but right now you just want to cut me off. All kids at certain stages are bitches and assholes. Sure. she just Jackson's a jerk. (laughs) Like, he's a full-fledged jerk right now. And this is a guy with disability, like, brain damage. And I'm like, you're being a jerk. Yeah. And teenage years, oh, I mean, she's add awful. that to it. And she the- turned 13, gave me one day of sweetness and just charming, and then just, I was like, I'm going to be a bitchy twin. And I was like, we'll oh, no. more about that for sure. Uh, we love our kids. We do. And I mean, and that's the thing. And assholes. I mean, that's the truth to it. <laughs> she's killing me. We'll see. We'll see how she does. She's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Okay, I, so yeah. the cry total was two. I didn't interrupt, but I did cry twice. You did. I know. Honest. Um, Heather's cry total still zero for zero. <laughs> we will get, and all the <laughs> listeners out there, our goal in life is to get Heather to cry. It'll, it's it's going to be very difficult. It'll probably, if it ever happens, I'll tell you what it'll, it'll be, is if we ever really deep dive into my great aunt. That would I probably. I want a cheap shot. Oh. Like a real, okay. like. Just came out of the blue cry. I mean, I feel like I can almost make you cry if I talk about one of your cats. Like, oh, not about Kinko. <laughs> See? My beloved cats. Anyways. 
All right. Um, so we don't need to thank Devin for this awesome space. The awesome space. Bobby for all that he does. Okay. You can thank him. Thank you, Bobby, for all that you uh, do. Might as well just. But take out the trash. I, might as well just thank Chris so I can get laid. Uh, um, thank you, Chris, for letting her come <laughs> in both ways. <laughs> Sorry. So filthy. Ooh, We're not even this filthy. comics here. Hold on. Uh, hold on. Uh, but thanks for listening. Yes, thank you. You can email us questions at motherfnpodcast.gmail.com uh, or, or you can go through the Anchor app. app. Yeah, send us comments yeah. there. And Perfect. don't forget to follow up on everything we're doing at pattycrouch.com. It is just pattycrouch.com, yes. right? P-A-T-T-I-C-R-O-U-C-H.com. And at ohedra.com. O-H-E-A-T-H-E-R-A-H.com. <laughs> The Mother Effin' Podcast is hosted and produced by Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to visit us online at mothereffinpodcast.com. <laughs>